0: Hey there everybody, this is Baco from the Cobras and Fire podcast, and I'm not gonna lie to you people, the first time I listened to the Shout Out Loudcast, I actually downloaded it accidentally trying to find the latest episode of... Shit. There was a little serendipity in that for me though, because it turns out I prefer assholes over douchebags. With that said, you're listening to the Shout Out Loudcast featuring Tom and Zeus.
3: Hey, hello. hey what's up there Kiss Army Tom Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast We're up to episode 117 And this is called ABC in Concert Tom,
2: how are you?
1: What's up my friend, good times ABC in Concert, nice uh, iconic television appearance uh, Celebrating the anniversary of it So it was a good time to do this episode
3: yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. We had planned to do this. We hoped that we could tape this and have it come out. But with the stuff that fell in line, unfortunately, um, it didn't come out on exactly that same day, but it is that week. So we are glad to tape this. Mm-hmm. Um, lots to get to, lots going on. Um, first thing before we get started, we want to give a quick shout out to our Patreon subscribers. We just had our first. Live cast with the uh, Gene members, <laughs> uh, the Gene, Gene. tiers. The, actually, I shouldn't say Gene, Tom. I should say the demon tier. Correct. Yep. Right? Yep. So the four tiers. And uh, we have Gene as the highest. <laughs> Sorry. I don't Hell know if yeah. that means anything, but yeah. So we just had a, um, you know, a, it's just a private live cast we did with them. We talked about uh, the, the KISS draft. The KISS tournament online We went over subjects We went over future topics We went over ideas We went over a ton of shit And we gave them some stories that uh, Unfortunately we can't share on the air From some of our guests That they've told us over time And uh, we had a blast with them So I wanted to uh, Say thank you to them personally They know who they are And uh, I can't wait to do it again man It was a ton of fun
1: yeah that was great that was we we've been we've been looking forward to that our schedules have been chaotic since this so uh you know we've been we've been meaning to get that done and uh we were excited to to schedule that and have those guys it was a great time uh like zoo said we talked about the tournament we talked about some of the album review crew episodes and discussions that go into that and, and the show in general and thoughts and opinions on kiss and uh, just a lot of fun, and uh, we can't thank those guys enough for joining us and for all their, their just they
3: continued support on uh, on Patreon. So really, really good time. Yeah, and we even got into the album review crew and uh, and <laughs> albums that they want to do and artists that they want us to do and recommendations. So it was a ton of fun. So anybody that's interested in joining Patreon, go to the app, uh, the app store, and look up Patreon, P A T R E O N. Or you can go to Patreon.com or look at the episode notes when you get this podcast. There are always links at the end of it, like our email, how to find us on iTunes, how to subscribe to us on YouTube. YouTube! And also YouTube. on uh, Patreon. So check it out there. Thanks again, and we always tip our hat to them and give them a quick shout-out. So wanted to get that out of the way. And uh, in addition to that, Tom, we had a awesome fun time reading all the feedback which i think we're still going through from last week's episode on paul stanley's soul station
1: the feedback could potentially could have been its own episode yeah um yeah. so yeah we, we're we are not surprised by the feedback we're very grateful for the feedback because of course that's the whole point of the show is to is to interact with you guys and let you guys know uh, what what you think of the episodes and we we knew that you would let us know what you think of this one. So, uh, as always, we go back and we uh, we check out the episode poll. So, of course, we did Paul Stanley's Soul Station now and then. And we wanted to ask, what do you think is the best song? Uh, and we included the uh, four original uh, tracks that uh, Paul wrote for this. And uh, to no surprise, it was the IOI. It was 44%. And then, Ooh, child, yeah, and that's not an original, so I made a mistake there. Three out of four originals that came in second at twenty-six. Whenever you're ready, fantastic duet there, sixteen percent. And then, save me from you, another really nice original came in at fourteen percent. Lots of feedback. We'll start with some poll feedback. uh Our buddy, I love it louder. The original songs are amazing. Totally agree with Zeus. I know that Paul Stanley and his songwriting chops will create something I like. Lee Bruton, IOI, Call Me Crazy, but I can hear a little unmasked type of song in there. I think it's the song hmm. arrangement. It's similar to what makes the world go round, in my humble opinion. Yeah, Paul kind of hinted at some of that when he was doing an interview about this, that th- there's some
3: unmasked kind of... Uh, well, you he know, mentioned, I think, that that song. specifically.
1: Yep. Right? Yep. yep. Josiah Horn. This, this <laughs> is great. I'm going to be honest. I made it about 40 minutes into the episode and came to the conclusion that y'all aren't going to say anything that I agree with. So I shut it off. (laughs) Okay. So let me get this straight. We do a kiss podcast with some strong opinions. And if they don't agree with you, you stop listening. Okay. Uh, uh, That is your right to choose
3: how you want to participate. (laughs) Yes. Destroyer is a great album. What do you think? Do you like yeah. Soul? Do you like Soul Station? Not really. You know, it's not a Kiss
1: album.
2: Let's just
3: let's just be positive.
1: But he did say, "I'm here for the monkeys references <laughs> at the beginning." So that that's good. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, sorry.
3: We can't get too much at there. We'll get in trouble if we talk yeah. about that.
1: And uh, our buddy Deuce had a lot to say about this, but uh, he starts off with I.O.I gets the vote. That said. All the originals show that Paul can't still write when he's passionate about something. Unfortunately for KISS fans, his days of wanting to write songs about women and sex are long gone. And is in, in his eyes, that type of material is way beneath him. Yeah, you're probably right. Sir Paul. Uh, Kim Andrews. The entire album is amazing. Ooh, okay. Alessandro Rook, Top five episode, gentlemen. Wow. Then, he, then I like, I love this. He goes, I wanted to comment sooner, but it was in Twitter jail. For yeah, what? <laughs> what? He goes, thank you for roasting Paul at the start. I think he pulled it off. But what we need is a proper send off to kiss. They can't end it with monster. They need to know
3: that. Damn it.
1: Yeah, he's right.
3: Well, they um, ended it technically with that fucking Japanese duet.
1: But yeah, that's I don't even count that. But that is a real thing. Uh, and let's get into some uh, episode proper comments. <laughs> this is a good one here. Joel Hoffman, excellent episode as always, guy. I will humbly say this. Paul sounded excellent. His voice was excellent. The songs were very good. But I want to listen to Soul Motown, whatever you call it, Zeus. I will put it on Spotify, not Paul Stanley. But overall, he did a great job. Zandon, if you can get my autograph CD for half price signed by the one and only Sonny Pooney, I might consider it. Oh, boy. And then Kevin Northern had a good one talking about the album cover. Did Eric just come from filming a Western? Settle down, Wyatt Earp. <laughs> what the hat? <heck? laughs> oh, God. Uh, Gordon Duncan. The album debuts at number eight with 8,000 in sales. We're gonna talk about that. If he is happy with that, then surely a new Kiss album would sell more, especially if he put this level of promotion behind it. On the Fly, another great podcast out there, music podcast that listened to this, and you guys were spot on on most of the songs. Also, glad to hear how big of a fan of All Systems Go you guys are. Great album. I have to go back and listen to that episode. Hell yeah, it's a great album. Yep. Steve, also, our buddy Steve had a lot to say. Not for me. The hypocrisy from slagging on Peter's album for almost 40 years reeks. Would rather listen to Psycho Circus on repeat than this again. And then fucking Sunny Pooty best non kiss album by a kiss member since 1989 come on i'm not even gonna i love you poony then stop uh then tony tony had a lot to say about this too this would have been a fantastic record if they had a different lead singer paul's voice does not fit this type of music at all smart of him to bury his weak breathy vocals under all that talent he surrounded himself with the band the background vocalists are great that's true I'll say this right now before we get into it. Nothing about this album that I absolutely love really has anything to do with Paul's vocals. Uh, the arrangements in the music carry that. We talked
3: about that in the episode. Paul didn't break the album. He just didn't make the album. So I think I got into it with Tony for a few more you did. tweets you, back and forth. You, you certainly did. And, and <laughs> when you control the podcast editing, right? Yep. So uh, I'll get my last word in on this and that is tony all i was saying to you is you're being overly picky you're 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 looking for stuff because it's paul stanley if you heard this album you'd be like ah this thing is all bad He's, it's good you wouldn't sit there and be like oh he you know i don't know if he can make i don't know it's fine he 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 got it done it's not Terrible it's not somebody that's not no. Singing in key it's right. not somebody he's Got the falsetto it's because we know That he never sings in that falsetto so It's awkward so you, you you're, you're judging it by Your kiss eyes and ears If you just listen to it you wouldn't Sit there and be like oh that's just terrible It doesn't work because you're right He's not a soul singer In the sense of Al Green or anything like that but He can pull off those songs and nobody's Gonna complain it's not a bad lounge act or bad karaoke. I don't think so. I think he does a decent job. He's not doing the same as somebody else that, you know, this isn't David Ruffin doing different soul songs. You'd be like, no matter what he does, it's not as good as Al Green's version, but it's still David Ruffin doing it. Right. You know, you know because you're used to Al Green's version. So, whatever, it's still a decent job. That's what I think. I think you're just being a little too picky about it. Paul's Um,
1: not an idiot. Paul's a smart guy, okay? And he's a smart music man. He knew that in order for this album to have any kind of success, that the music was going to have to carry the album. So he put
3: together an unbelievable band with unbelievable arrangements. So that's my part that I want to say, as the producer, as the arranger of all this, he got a fucking kick-ass thing. It reminds me of... (laughs) bob kulik's like christmas album and things like that that he did remember oh yeah and he yeah, was yeah, talking yeah. about us like he got all these acts together and he got them to do this stuff and he, he made it work is it his singing or is it his stuff no but his vision got it paul took this stuff this music and got a kick-ass stuff and he provided the the lead singing and he did a decent job with it it's not the highlight of the of the album the highlight is the music Yep. the background singers and all that. But yep. I think Paul does fine. Yep. It was just people being too picky. Yeah. And uh, I think it did pretty well. So anyway. Yeah.
1: And there's a lot of comments about that too, about the vocals. A buddy, Jerky Jack broad. The band sounds incredible, but the lead vocals are not nailing it. Uh, and he's talking about let's stay together. This is a song that should only be performed by a real soul R and B singer. Yeah. I think a lot of people, including us, I, I know I did. I, I had a problem with let's stay together. Party Joe, who is a uh, a local friend here, jumping in on the shout out loudcasters here, uh, he says I'm enjoying it. I think Paul's vocals should be higher in the mix. Well, I think that's exactly why they're not higher in the mix. Uh, <laughs> and then MD, this is <laughs> this made me laugh. I had to take a break after listening to the first part of this pod earlier today. Back to it now, and I have one question: How many fucking songs are on this album? <laughs> 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 That's awesome. And then Jack again I have to read this Again just to get it out here Whatever you think about this album It's better than anything that Kiss has released since Carnival of Souls And it's better than Live to win That's a bold Jack, statement Jack they're going to take your phone away from you And put you in a straight jacket for comments like that That's insane
3: I First don't I- know we'll get to it when we talk about Those albums Christopher in hit- anything way
1: Christopher fuck that I'll give away it right now.
3: <laughs> Christopher
1: Hamilton, it's soul week on American Idol quality. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so we got a lot of comments here from Steve and Deuce and Zandon.
3: Oh, I don't know. Why don't you read our, our friend Deuce's comment? Because I said I was gonna save it for this episode.
1: Okay. Well, you're gonna have to give me his time to get to it because he had a lot to he had a lot to say here um he had he he had one here two t- two takes first kudos to paul for his writing his production in the band those are the stars of the album not his singing the vocals are good but much are hidden underneath the music and the background vocals smart move by paul yeah we said that second i take origins one or two over this easily give me ace teaming up with lita ford robin zander and slash covering classic rock songs over paul doing motown covers any day Who said that we wouldn't do? I know I would, but that's okay. Ace albums will continue to be on my playlist. The Soul Station album will not be. Okay, whatever. This is when we said saving it for the show. I find it interesting how you guys continually moan and groan about Kiss not putting out any new material. And from the other side of your mouth, okay, you crap on Ace for putting out so much material, good or bad. You might not like his stuff, but props for giving us something. You want to start with this one?
3: Yeah, I I, I want to get. And first of all, I'm going to preface it by saying, Deuce knows we love him. He's one of our favorites, of course. Um, however, the tone of your text, email, <laughs> DM, Twitter, whatever the fuck it was, the tone of it will be returned in that same condescending tone back to you. <laughs> Repeat the first part again, Tom, that, that last one. I find it interesting how you guys continually moan and groan about Mo- Kiss. Oh, stop right there. Stop right there. We moan and groan. Is that what we do on this show? Nope, we bitch. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> about what? What do we bitch about, Tom? Kiss, not putting out any new material. Okay. Is that something that is just specific to us? Or is it specific to every fucking Kiss fan out there that says, like, yeah, why aren't they putting new material? Do we make it a habit of always bringing it up that they don't do new material? No, I I, I know. No, it's 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 one of our things when we come up with a, a list of like wish list or something like that. We bring up, yeah, we wish they would do more music, but it's not a constant. Fucking annoying shit like Pandemic Paul preaching bullshit or Gene with his, you, the fan. <laughs> we don't bitch and, and, and piss and moan about this constantly. We bring it up because it's true. They should be doing more music. They've released. Let me see. What is it? Because there was a great post recently that I just saw on Facebook. I know. Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> um that proved my point and that is that someone put out that in the i think previous years did you see this one tom
1: I'm not sure'll go ahead and read it because I I, I I i think i know where you're going with this
3: okay in the 70s seven albums four solos yeah oh in the yeah. 80s eight albums in the 90s three albums in the 2000s one album in 2010 one album in the 2020s zero albums So four studio albums from 1993 To 2021 Do I have to Say anything more about that I mean are you you kidding me In the meantime They weren't off not touring For more than any point in time During that era for more than two years So they consistently Toured during that time Mm -hmm. With what Three albums That have been out during the last 20 something years So I don't think that what we're doing is pissing and moaning, but go on. What's the rest of his stuff? Oh, this is where I want to jump in that I have the bigger problem with. Moaning grown about kiss, not putting out any new
1: material from the other side of your mouth. You crap on ace for putting out so much material, good or bad. You might not like his
3: stuff, but props for giving us something. Okay. But can I, can I, before you get to your last thing, remember I said, it's the, it's the phrasing. It's the terminology. It's the condescending tone in it. The other side of your mouth mm. Is usually said with Someone that's dishonest Two-faced Shady two-faced. two-faced Someone that can't be trusted Talks behind your back Shit like that So in other words Not a positive thing to say It so is not a positive it, thing Yeah So we're not used to getting comments like that From anybody Specifically not one of our favorites and best talk on the other side of your mouth there's a little hostility there
1: but go ahead oh yeah so my problem with that whole comment right there is ace material is not kiss material one has nothing to do with the other ace can put out a fucking album every week and it's not going to change my mind that kiss is not putting out an album not to mention ace's material sucks (laughs) I'm sorry, and I'm not saying that to get my I'm, I, and, and I'm not saying that to get my partner here to laugh. Ace's material has largely fucking blown. I'm sorry.
2: And hey, I got
3: a new song out there. It's called Bronx Boy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and and putting out material just to have it out there, even though it sucks, is not what I want. Now, you may argue that and say, well. You, you ranked Monster as your worst kiss album, and you said Psycho Circus was your second worst when you did your rankings. That is true. Yes, we have not done Sonic Boom yet. You'll find out eventually what we think of that. Ace, Ace continually churning out garbage is not talking out of the other side of my mouth
3: or our hey, mouth. You want to hear this song called Genghis Khan? It comes after a great cover song, Fox on the Run. You know that one? So bad
1: that's fucking horrible dude i'm sorry those albums anomaly and spaceman and uh, come on and like you said it's it's the ace cult it's the same fucking clowns that are trying to have ace beat lick it up in the madness tournament which we're going to get to too but anyways deuce we love you but there's no way we could have gone through that comment unanswered so
3: no it just i I don't even know where to begin it's the ace cult yeah you can't tell the difference like well, you you give shit for him putting out stuff, but you you know, you but Ace puts out stuff. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. So that gives you an excuse to put out shit that sucks. And it's not kiss stuff.
1: I don't understand like like that would be like, oh, if Gene Simmons started putting out solo albums, I'd be like, that's great. It's not it's on a Kiss album.
3: exactly. If Paul was doing solo, we'd say, "When's the fucking next When's the kiss out?" Right. Yeah. It's just no, we could completely Sir, I said I would save it. So I had to hit you back. We did, and yeah, on this. But no, it's just it's fucking nonsense to compare fucking Ace crappy albums and cover fucking albums to say, well, yeah, I'm I'm sober, I'm putting out albums all the time. Oh my god! And who's fucking listening to? It? And I got fucking forty two covers. If you want to buy Origins too, There's guess what? I got. It. A Bastille, oh, I got a Bastille Day version you can buy next week, too. I know it's April, but I'm still selling the
1: Christmas-colored double vinyl because no one fucking bought them for Christmas.
3: Yeah, I got a new girlfriend, and she's up and around right now. I'm on a backyard. I've got some tree work going on. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I think they built me a clubhouse. I thought you were going to say, she's my new bride. She's my new girlfriend.
1: <laughs> All right. Let's we'll wrap up Twitter. Our buddy Murph jumps in and says fair and honest review. I still don't like it. Perfectly said. Yeah. Twitter. Twitter was and I love this. Um, sometimes if I'm in the right mood, certain things make me laugh. David Wilson just wrote it's poor. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh, but it did. But that's that's the Twitter fun that we had on All this right. one. Let
3: me zip through mine,
1: huh?
3: All right. All right. So first over on YouTube. Man with no name. I think you guys coined a new term. The palsetto. That's so great. Uh Matt oh. Weller's dick. I nope. I actually don't hate this But I give most of the credit To the 36 other band members That really carry Pandemic Paul he's right. Pro Tools in full effect But overall it's not bad Yep Mark Stewart Damn you beat me to it Paul Seto <laughs> Another one <laughs> Devin Dungan Great episode guys I really love the album in the review. Definitely surprised with the album, for sure. Nice. Anthony Stratus. This was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh. It's just funny. <laughs> yeah. Costa Vucinas, oh, yeah, better known as Montreal Voots. Yep. When I first heard you reviewing Prosciutto Paul's album, <laughs> I was going to take a pass downloaded and finished it yesterday and can honestly say that I enjoyed the show and most of the songs. Usually when listening to an LP with known cover songs, one tends to like the new take on the songs more than the new material, especially if it's a music genre that the artist is not known for. Can you imagine a live four being the debut of some of those classics from Monster instead of having the orchestral sound? Augment the band's classics. It's got mm. a great point. It is for Soul Station. I enjoyed the original music a lot more than the covered material group re-recorded. Yep. In fact, I was sure that the new songs must have been the covers. After the two first were revealed by you guys to be originals, the same pattern continued. The catchier, better sounding songs were new, and on the other side, some of the covers sounded. Forced and felt like his voice took away from the music. Yeah, we talked about that, that we're like too busy kind of listening for it and not appreciating it. You guys should be proud as you gave Gene's voice, us, the listeners, a choice to hear some great tunes. Of course, at times it did sound like we were listening to the soundtrack from Midnight Cowboy. (laughs) Nice. Marty White. Uh oh. Sorry, guys. Nothing funny today. Not much is funnier than the picture of Eric Hipster on the album cover (laughs) where even people sitting in the front row are taller than him. (laughs) I've only heard songs from the album on YouTube. I couldn't tell how much YouTube's audio messed with the sound, but those songs seemed brick walls. Is that really what they sound like? Honestly, this album could have used the production styling of Vinny Pontia. He must be out of work at this point. Yeah. You must be, it must be what you're listening to because yeah. if you listen to this album, you're not complaining about the production. Production's perfect, it sounds yeah. amazing. Yep. Yeah. On Loudcasters, Brian Stone retweeted and wrote, Great episode, S I O L. The first Kiss Podcast to review Soul Station. Zeus, WTF, normally I got your back, but Soul Station over Trouble Walking by Ace? I had trouble listening.
1: I to can't some of believe these tracks enjoyed it
3: though. Thanks, guys.
1: I can't believe only one person commented on that that you picked that you ranked it higher than Trouble Walking, but that's okay.
3: Trouble Walking's okay. It's not oh, bad, but I don't really go to it. It's
1: the only thing Ace has ever done that's good outside of Kiss, but that's okay.
3: Without an ace in his deck. Oh God, yeah.
0: Fucking cringe worthy.
3: Yep. Still on loudcasters, Scott Wheeler. This could be brutal Can't wait to hear it I watched the video of this mess Soul Station serves up an extra helping of hokey Cheesy and corny Wow I feel a little embarrassed for Paul Yikes Bill Elam puts a he likes it Tommy Hey Tommy he likes it Uh, (laughs) Raymond Gallus Really admirable effort by Paul He is serious about his work here The production arrangement songwriting sound Well done Mm -hmm. Agree Yep (laughs) Uh God bless you, Scott Donaldson. Oh yeah, this over Kasteria. Scott, come on, man! First episode, I haven't finished, guys. Wow, I'm not going to pretend I'm a fan of this music just because Paul Stanley is singing it. Talented musicians for sure, but my idea of Paul Stanley is '80s Paul, not this old man. I'm feeling sad today. Wow. Okay. I feel sorry for you.
1: What's he talk to me?
3: I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you. Um, <laughs> Steve, that's from. Uh, feel sorry wait. for you. Yeah, he goes. I'm sorry. He goes. I feel sorry for <laughs> you. For you. No, he goes. What's that movie? What's that Shit. booty call? Yes,
1: thank you. I was. I was just gonna say before you said it booty call. Yep.
3: And he goes and he sees. He's the preacher, and he yep. sees them buying Glad wrap.
1: You want that Glad wrap? Glad wrap at two in the morning. So like you're to eat more than a sandwich, boy. Your mother know what you're out here doing?
3: Well, she, um...
1: Look here, son, it's bad enough you're planning
3: to fornicate. I don't compound the crime by lying. Glad rap at 3.30 <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> Looks like you're about to eat more than a sandwich, boy. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great line. <laughs> uh, Stephen Wood. Thanks, Toe tapping Tom. Yep, uh, Graham Richley An interesting and honest appraisal of the album I can't say I like that style of music So thanks for putting the time in So I don't have to Makes me wonder whether Paul is craving An artistic outlet And re- realizes his voice Is only up to these sort of songs I'm with Scott D This album emphasized Paul and Kiss Really are at the end of the road Okay oh, I Mark, agree with that. Mark Arnold Great episode In the review of the album I was happily surprised the album didn't get slammed I love Motown It's classic great music Anyone doing covers of classic songs Will always risk being judged harshly by someone I was glad to hear you guys Give it an honest listen And just didn't take the easy way out Although I'm sure a lot of studio magic Was done to make Paul sound great I'm still glad we have this album as you mentioned many times, the band and background vocals were amazing. I just mm-hmm. received my vinyl copy today and been loving the sound. Can't wait for the next episode. Thanks again. Mark, that's a great comment. Thank oh, you so much. For I was that. just going to say that great comment, Mark. Thank you. Yep. yep. Over on Facebook, Buddy Jack Pinocchio, and I'll give him his theme music back. <laughs>
2: Till you live with a darling, Mamma, even that should sit in the yellow be shy overslice, lena, zipo be shamanadena. Sitting a La la riola la be We go on,
1: out of Facebook music jail
3: So I have to give credit Where credit is due I was optimistic about this album But Paul did an amazing job with this I am a fan of swing slash jazz And Motown music But this suited him I'm sold I'm buying the CD and the LB Nice Pantheon Podcast You know them Tom Yes I our, do our, our boss Yep well, I don't know if you want to call him boss, but you know. Yeah. Uh damn, I would love to come on and talk about this new PS direction. I'll be sure to listen. I'm assuming that's Christian.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of that, but I'll let you finish because I get something to say about him too. So go ahead.
3: Yeah. Adam Nickmeyer. Oof. This AM Gold album <laughs> would have been would have been a thousand times better with Peter Chris Focals. Paul's vocals are cringy At best uh. Almost had to take the headphones off With the falsetto songs Yep. Ryan Michael Scott Great band, great songs Just can't get into Paul's vocals Good episode as always guys Stephen Wood, I just listened to the album this afternoon While putting Ikea furniture together Oh god It's much better than I anticipated Carolyn Kelt Yeah, nah It's not for me <laughs> <laughs> Daniel J. Pandemic Paul is gold, baby. Nice. And then Kevin Jepson. Oh boy! Happy you guys enjoyed it. I can't stop listening to. It. I really like it. I figured I would, but not this much. And then uh, there's a a nice thing of the Temptations or Four Tops dancing as a thing that you put up there to all of us. Oh and yeah. That is uh facebook and youtube i know we have some emails we'll get to and uh, we'll try to make it quick but tom what do we got yeah i wanted to read something first before we move over to email
1: so we, we mentioned pantheon so we are a proud member of the pantheon podcast family uh and we 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 have a message you know communication with a lot of the people involved in pantheon through uh the slack messenger app and uh our buddy christian who is uh one of the chief uh you know big guys in uh pantheon there he had he reached a- out
3: like you said he's that <laughs> gonna- chief punk over there as soon as i said <laughs> chief as soon as i said chief described tim mccracken over-
0: he's the coach and chief punk i'm at syracuse team
3: as soon as i
0: said chief,
3: i was like shit here it goes i'm gonna call christian Ray dunlop putting a fucking bounty on his head so
1: he, he was this was great because he reached out to us he said great job on the soul station episode i love getting a chance to listen to you guys always fun and funny Interestingly, I was sure you guys would trash Paul for venturing into soul music.
3: Thanks for the thanks for your high opinion of us
1: for the first half of the show. Uh, I was surprised how much you both enjoyed it. In fact, I would say your assessments were spot on. I was right with you both throughout. And then he had some comments about how he wasn't really aware of the Peter Chris solo album from '78 because Christian's not a big Kiss fan like us. So we were talking about that and how he should give it a shot, go back and listen to it because if you're a fan of this, you might be a fan of that. Uh, but I just thought that was nice to hear to hear from from Christian. That was very cool. So
3: um we'll move to some emails and yeah, then uh, before you uh, do, I just want oh, yeah. to throw a quick comment in there. Oh yeah, so sorry. For all you guys that listen to us that do have podcasts, that's the head honcho at Pantheon. Those guys couldn't be nicer. I just cringe when he says every once in a while he listens to us because I'm waiting for him to ever be like, dude, you guys, you guys, that's a little adult. That's that's a little too much. You're no. gonna cut back on that. But they never bother us. They're there to support yep. us. We have a ton of other great podcasts on the network that we get to brainstorm or put on and things like that. So it's awesome. And Pantheon people are fantastic. Yep. Always there to support, never stick their nose in. So if anybody's interested in Pantheon, you should reach out to those guys. And uh, if you want to join the network, it's fucking constantly growing, it's top notch. Nice.
1: All right. So we'll start with some emails. So this is a great one here from actually, I'll save that one for uh, we're going to split these up. I'll save these. So we got one from our buddy Tony Smith Soul Station, not too bad an album. I expected worse, to be honest. One thing I will say, Paul going this direction, in my opinion, was expected. Go back to Sonic Boom in the song Stand. The phrase is when you need me. And just look over your shoulder. Harken back to the song I'll Be There by the Jackson Five. Very good observation, Tony. Well said. That's actually uh, the four tops. I'll be there.
2: I'll be there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, did I did I say
1: did I read the wrong? Did he say that? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm thinking, yeah, you're right. That is the, that is them. Yeah. <laughs> our buddy West Beach. Hey, guys, thanks for my intro. Of course, West recorded a bumper for us like uh, like any of our guests does. He goes, I was hoping you'd use it for uh, the Creatures episode. I think he thought we we're going to go back and reedit. It. He goes, instead, I got Pauled. <laughs> <laughs> great entertaining show as usual, but I'm afraid I don't share your enthusiasm for Paul's Motown album. It is well produced and sounds great but the cover songs are nothing more than slickly recorded karaoke. I think Paul's falsetto doesn't ring true and sounds weak and forced. I believe if you are going to do a cover song, you should make it yours and do something original with it. Case in point, Judas Priest, when they did Johnny B. Good and Wendy O. Williams and Lemmy, when they did stand by your man, I would have much rather heard him sing those songs in his rock voice and even done a rock vein rather than the copy versions. He did. You can't improve on the originals and just go back and listen to them. And you'll see what I mean. I think he would have been better off doing more originals as they are really well done and he sounds much more comfortable singing them. Agreed. As an interesting aside, I once worked at a music store outside Detroit for a number of years. The owners were a big part in supplying gear to the musicians of Motown and they were personal friends and I was personal friends with many of them. I actually sold keyboards to Stevie Wonder and Aretha Franklin as well as other things to many musicians, singers, and songwriters from Motown. Many of the interviews from the movie Standing in the Shadow about famed Motown studio musicians, the Funk Brothers, were filmed in that store. And if you look carefully, you can catch a glimpse of me. So one wonders, what's next? Gene doing an album of Beatles songs? Wes, great email, buddy. Thank you. That's awesome. That's a really cool story about your history with that involvement. And that's awesome. And I think Gene already did a Beatles album. It was called his 78 solo album. (laughs) and then we got one here from lee bruton big fan this is great uh hello what's up there t and z want to drop you a quick email to let you know how much i'm enjoying your show i'm only 42 i'm new to technology so i'm late to the podcast party thing but as with anything new i always search kiss to see what stuff is about and hey presto you guys popped up and ever since you've been a staple part of my weekends and keep me entertained on the lonely walks to and from work thank you The first show I heard Z ripping into Ace freely, and I thought, man, that's a bit harsh. Apologize, I don't know what episode this was. But I stuck with it and since realized you guys are firm but fair. Your current review of Soul Station proves this. Your shows are fun, informative, educational, fun, and fun. Your banter with us, the fans, I'm sorry, your banter with us, the fans, is second to none. Some of your topics are crazy and shouldn't work, but they do work and then some. I'm sure that's down to you both being true fans, have passion for the hottest band in the world, and they're genuinely great guys. Somebody once tweeted that you guys are like your Kiss buddies down the pub. They're spot on, 100%. Uh, And then he asks a question that we'll save. Maybe we'll have that be the question of the week today or in the future. Uh, But then he says, for now, stay safe. Keep shouting it out loud. And I'm really rooting that the Kiss Cruise happens for you guys. Yours sincerely, Lee fantastically wow. thank you so much that is a great email and we love when new listeners find the show and enjoy it so thank you so much and we will hold on to that part of the email that had your question uh and that will be definitely included soon so thank you lee 617-555-0850
3: <laughs> facts lines cooking here on the fucking head <laughs> nation mock right. draft mock draft talk i think the pats are gonna take a tailback. <laughs> I think the Pats are going to take Andre LePet. What's his name? <laughs> that's uh, that's Ronnie not Andre Lippet. Tippett. Ronnie it's Andre Lippet.
1: Tippett and Ronnie LePet. <laughs> Andre LePet. <laughs> <Lippet. laughs>
3: what do you think about Raymond Claiborne?
1: Is he better in man or zone coverage?
3: I like Ray Agnew.
1: Ray Agnew was good. My favorite guy was Chris Slade. He was a really good linebacker. Reminds me of that band from the 70s, Slade.
3: Yeah. Ray Agnew, the guy that got kicked out of Watergate or something like that. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) ace. Anyways, I got a couple emails here. Tom, I'll go get through them real quick. Hi, guys. I have not listened to this week's episode yet. I wanted to listen to the album first So I don't know if your views agree or disagree Prior to release When asked if I was excited about this album My response was Excited? No Curious? Definitely I wasn't overly fond of the first video I saw Ooh, child But I don't particularly like the original version of that song So probably not a fair judgment The second video for IOI think was better But I have to say The album is much better than I expected I think Paul did an excellent job on the song selection. I think his vocal performance was good. It's definitely a different style than Kiss, and it fits his current voice. And he wisely avoids trying to stretch his voices into places he really can't go anymore. But where I think he really shines on this album is songwriting. If you didn't know that he wrote five of these, you'd think they were obscure tracks from that period. They don't sound like someone trying to fit into a style. It's not a perfect album. But it's a solid 8 out of 10 for me It'll get more play around here Than Monster or Sonic Boom I agree what you guys have said in the past As far as this album Versus Peter's 78 solo album Paul spent 40 plus years ripping that album And this album goes even further Into that Terry than Peter did Peter's album is not a Kiss album Sure but neither is this Both albums are just guys playing music In styles they clearly love Mm -hmm. I saw Mitch Lafon's post about how this album charted or didn't. And my guess is this will just uh, fortify Paul's position that there's no reason to do a new kiss album because it won't sell or won't sell enough. That's the biggest drawback for me. Alan Tignanelli, AKA fat man on guitar.
1: Great name. Yep. We love that.
3: That's an awesome email. And um, thanks Alan on that. Uh, I agree with most of that point. I think yep. that uh, yep. Paul's voice was, you know, just what needed. He didn't go, he didn't, he didn't venture too far out No, and he stayed in his lane. And I think that's why the album works. So, and we know where the album ended up tracking and selling and we'll talk about it in Kiss World News. Now we've got another one here from Mike H., I'm a bit ashamed to say that this music, whether originals or remakes, does nothing for me. It literally annoys me. To hear you guys gush over it makes me feel like I'm missing a music gene or something. I've tried to keep an open mind. I just can't get into it. Love, always Mike H.
1: Hey, if you can't get into it, you can't get into it. There's no crime in that. It's not, yep. not you know, everybody's got their own taste.
3: We don't judge and that's, you know, that's cool, whatever. Max alias soul station review kind of glad you guys got this album review as early as you did like you not sure who the target audience is but I'll also give credit it's an impressive effort by Paul those original tracks are done pretty well I was also impressed with your review and the way that you both describe your thoughts on the different tracks at this point I'm wondering if Paul is in a different headspace and is ready to move away from kiss like I've heard it said, it seems like he's dissing himself lately. If this album has respectable success, maybe decide to pursue it further and create another album of all originals. Does that possibly seem plausible to either of you? Absolutely. Very plausible. I see him doing this again. This no is doubt. in his wheelhouse. He's having fun. He's getting critical acclaim yep. in his head. And uh, he got a top 10 album out of it, and we'll talk about it. So. Yep. And finally... We have another one here. Winger and Stewart deserve each other's. Greetings from Ulu, Finland. I live near Lapland, the home of lap dance. Oh God. Yes. Ulu is the city kiss played to a steaming crowd with ski caps and gloves on in a cold hockey arena on a cold night on their Lick It Up tour, November 1983. Wow, And yes, it was that very gig Private Cusano emptied his beef soup Back to the kettle backstage To the bemusement of the rest of the band But according to Gene Simmons From Kiss <laughs> At least some were fond and appreciative of Finnish meat Especially the latter is something we're proud of I found your podcast last summer And I've been binge listening to it since Just finished your latest episode And now facing the pains Of waiting for a new episode I feel the withdrawals already Wow Too bad KSD also kind of quit on KISS Instead went for Bowie And or Wrestling We love KSD Great guys But hey, as a guitar player With the same birthday with the Uh oh With my with my big nose <laughs> Buddy Ace April 27th I have to say this Acts like Winger and Ingve Are the perf- perfect representation Of everything wrong with the 80s Just awful music Born in 78 I needed grunge To pulverize the Wimpy poodle hair metal That didn't resonate with kids anymore In 1991 Hearing smells like teen spirit and outshine for the first time in age of 13, I felt like I could breathe again. I am a Joe Perry, Neil Young, Ace Frehley type of player, but for tasteful shredding, I can highly recommend recently deceased Finn, Alexi Leho and his (laughs) band children of the, of Bodom. Yep. Great aggressive playing without the ego. Masturbation on Ingve and the likes. <laughs> P.S. My girlfriend hates you. <laughs> but hey, like parents dislike is usually a sign of quality in rock and roll. The same goes with podcasts and significant others. You disgust her. Oh, that is the best. Good work. All the best, Yane Haslak, Ulu Finland, Europe earth oh man and you my friend from finland are this week's comment of the week good answer
2: good answer like the way you think i'm gonna be watching you
1: (laughs) and how fantastic that we literally discussed his girlfriend that 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 might be that that's that's one of the greatest compliments we've ever had.
3: We haven't dis- we haven't had anybody admit that we've disgusted them before. Fantastic. Well, yeah. And I was wondering, and Tom was asking me who you know Yane Aslak Rasanen I'm like, I think he played on a line with uh, Sake Koivu, Oli Jokinen, and Isatikanen with on the point, Teppo Newmanen and Yurke Lume and then, and then Annette Was either Peke Rene Or Tuka Rask Who plays for our Boston Bruins I've met a bunch of times And is not what you would call A handsome man And then coming off the
1: bench You had Petri Scrico Rayo Rutzelainen And Yari
3: Curry Rutu Sami Salo Yane Ninema uh, Sebastian Ajo Miko Rottenen Yoni Pitkinen, Maybe Patrick Laine <laughs> well, You have to use a French Canadian accent To wait to speak to them <laughs> And obviously the greatest Timu Silane And Yuri Kori And uh, yeah the, the rest of those Great Finnish hockey players And a lot of those great ones were in NHL 94 Tom Which your yeah. classics Hell Yeah yeah, some great uh some great Finnish hockey plays. And that was a great email from our new Finnish friend whose uh girlfriend hates us. So that's gonna be a that's a positive thing, Tom. Love it. And there's your extended feedback.
1: Hell yeah. Cause we knew that was gonna be a lot for Paul
3: Stanley Soul Station. Yeah, yeah. And we wanted to get into it. So let's go into quickly Kiss World. What's going on there? All right, let's start
1: off very quickly by giving people a brief a uh, summary of uh, our kiss album madness tournament. By the time you listen to this, the sweet 16 will have ended and um, we'll be getting ready for the elite eight and not too many surprises. Uh, again, by the time you hear this, the sweet 16 will be over, but right now the only true battle is ace and lick it up that as of the time of this recording with almost 600 votes and still about 16 hours left, there is 50 50 that poll right now is 50 50 between lick it up and ace freely 78 solo album creatures looks like it's starting to pull away from revenge and everything else is pretty much pretty much a beat down in terms of the sweet 16 so uh creatures of the night and revenge was tight for a while creatures seems to be pulling away and lick it up and ace
3: deadlocked that fucking sunny poony Yep, yeah, because Lick it up had taken the lead. It was up by a couple points, and he must have retweeted three or four times. Come on, Ace fans, come on, and let's go, Ace, Ace, yep. motherfucker. Yep. Hey, everybody, want to vote for my record? It's fucking called "All Systems Go."
1: No, wrong. Wait, what do I win? Nothing. Okay. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I think as this, pr- as this tournament progresses, every round gets more and more difficult. So uh, as of right now in the Elite Eight, you're looking at Destroyer against the Kiss debut album. You're looking at Alive versus Rock and Roll Over. You're looking at Love Gun versus Alive 2. God damn, the two greats. And then you are looking at probably Creatures against I can't tell you right now because it is literally 50-50. So it's creatures probably against Ace or Lick It Up.
3: Uh, Tournament. Yep. Tournament.
1: So we got we got some uh, good stuff coming there. So And then uh, some other news. We have kind of hinted at it a little bit throughout feedback. Paul Stanley's Soul Station entered the charts at number eight with selling 8,000 copies. <laughs> now, that's great is that for a positive him? thing yeah i don't know uh that's good for him i guess but you know whatever i'm one
3: of the purchasers of it and yeah. i don't know if that counts the downloads or you know the i have yeah, streaming. i i don't know how that works neither. but he got a top 10 album so everything is relative and is based on a curve so compared to everybody else he got a top 10 album yep i guess he gets to you know brag about it a little bit good for him yep. Yep. You can take it one of two ways. You can say, wow, great job. He's going to do more of this. Or say, wow, imagine if it was Kiss that released an album. Yep. So
2: I don't know. Uh,
1: and another another cool thing, um, you know, we talk about the Kiss members and what they've been up to a lot. And, you know, obviously we know what Paul is up to. Tommy Thayer is involved in something here. So he's on um, a podcast. It's on Facebook Live and YouTube. It's it, By the time you hear this, it will already have passed. It was on Thursday night, uh, April 1st. It was on the Hangin' and Bangin' show, hosted by Carmine Apice, Vinnie Apice, and Ron Unesti. I can't, if I messed up his name, I'm sorry. So he's gonna be on that show with uh, Tommy Thayer, and the other guest is Doug Aldrich of the Dead Daisies and White Snake. So that'll be cool to hear what Tommy Thayer's up to. Uh, again, it's gonna be a live thing. It will have already passed, but I'm assuming if you go on the YouTube page um, and, uh, Artists on lockdown is one of the pages that you might be able to find this. So check that out. Uh, that should be interesting. It's nice to see Tommy Thayer getting out there and
3: talking to somebody about some music. So yeah. Um, the only other thing I can think of Tom is I saw Gene was on the local uh, Los Angeles. I think uh, TV station oh, talking God. about his movie always goes on with the guy and he jokes to, with him all the time yes. about his move to Vegas. They did hint. And he said, are you going to do a Vegas residency? Well, how much? I, yeah, I, my predictions still out there. I've made it publicly. I still believe he's good they're gonna end up doing a residency out there. him moving out there kind of helps uh prove my point. I think yep. that's where it's gonna end up going. Maybe uh, I thought that uh that was an interesting conversation. Gene talking about moving to Vegas, bitching about you know the high cost in California. and then he started mentioning, I have a charity. I don't give gifts to my children. I make donations. For Christmas in their name To a single mother's fund It sounded Just like the fucking Human fund skit on Seinfeld Donate something to A name, A donation has been made to your name Into the human fund Money for people <laughs> Like that's like Okay Gene I mean good for you But I don't know Gene Simmons talking about <laughs> donating To a single mother's Excuse me fat chick Come here for a second. I'd like to make a donation to your charity. Like I just, I, I just. I know it it's, sounds it. creepy. Gene Simmons talking about single mothers and make a donation to them. Come see me, Gene Simmons from Kiss. Meet, yes. meet, 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 meet me <laughs> in the ladies' room, the big and tall section, fatty. I'll meet you there. <laughs> Uh, but he's most, moving. Yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> Maybe he's going to be buddies with fucking Stewart's moving out there. Oh God! Right, he's moving yeah. out to Vegas. I heard him recently go on another fucking rant, which I kind of agree because there, there's a big concert coming out, and it's like a rock fest, and one of the headlines is Snoop. And Eddie Trump is losing his mind about it. Our buddies Jericho and Fozzie are playing in this.
2: Yep. And he's like,
3: the fuck is this rock shit? And Snoop is one of the headliners. I. He's absolutely right on that, though.
1: Yeah, if you're going to call it, I mean, I don't mind Snoop, but don't call it a rock festival and have him. Just call it whatever. But, yeah, Eddie's Eddie waving that rock flag once again, as he always does. So,
3: yeah, Stuart's been on his best behavior lately. I don't know what it is. Yep. I don't know. He's been uh, he's been kind of nice lately, so I don't know what's going on with him. Hey, he's getting older. Maybe he's kind of you know maybe he's changing his
0: tune a little bit on some things. Who knows?
3: Yeah, who knows? Maybe Chris is getting to him. So Tom and I, we plan these things out in advance We don't fucking send texts to each other 20 minutes before Saying, hey, what are we going to talk about this week? We plan these things out And when we plan these things out We got to do a little bit of research And this week's episode is a fun one Because we've all seen the clip on YouTube We've all been putting it out there And it's actually the anniversary week of it And that is Kiss's performance on ABC in concert Dick Clark's And it was Kiss's first TV performance And they actually went on it. Well to be fair They filmed it February 21st 1974 But it premiered March 29th 1974 It's now March 31st Us taping tonight And uh, Yeah it was uh, ABC's in concert Created by Don Kirshner Originally Who is the man with the golden ear Considered he's the guy that did the whole Monkeys thing and created The sound and the TV show and all that Stuff he went to produce and did Don Kirshner's rock concerts and all This other stuff so he Most rock people know who Don Kirshner is So ABC In concert It was created by Don Kirshner and then I think Dick Clark came in and ran it Because Don Kirshner left and went and did his own the syndicated show that he does, and I guess this used to show on Friday nights, like every other week, between that and Dick Cavett. And it was started way back when. I think it went all the way up to 1981, and then when MTV came out, obviously there was probably no use for it. A lot of it, it was taken off the air, but it used to be on Friday nights at 11:30. And this was Kiss's first live performance. And we thought we would share that with you. We will get into the particulars. But what we thought we would do was we would just play the concert. Three songs. Here it is. So there you have it. Now we will talk about the, the performances and all that. We're going to get to that stuff. Obviously you just heard it, but what we thought we'd like to do is, is go over some of the, like, you know, books that we've read about this performance and talk about them and tell you and break it down. So Tom's going to start us off. Tom, what are you going to talk about? So one of the great Kiss
1: books out there, and if you're listening to the show, I have to believe you have it and you've read It's called Nothing to Lose, The Making of Kiss, 1972 to 75, written by Ken Sharp with Paul and Gene. Unbelievable book, like really in-depth story about the roots of them. Uh, and like Zeus said, because this is such an iconic and important performance, we wanted to read some of these excerpts to you just to kind of get a glimpse of what was going on with this production and the show. And then of course we'll, we'll, we'll talk about our personal opinions or what we think about it. So, so this is from nothing to lose the making of kiss, a strikingly visual band kiss was ready made for television, but the television landscape of 1974, a long seven years before the official launch of MTV in August, 81, presented limited opportunities for them. Somehow the band managed to land high-profile appearances on several TV shows, including Dick Clark's, in concert. This was the first encounter with the self-proclaimed heavy metal masters for many unsuspecting TV viewers in middle America. And then you have some quotes here. The first one is from Joyce Bogart, who was married to Neil Bogart at the time. She says, Neil knew Dick Clark going back to the 60s when he was part of the Dick Clark Caravan of Stars tour. While at Buddha, Buddha Records... Neil put out the double album 20 years of rock and roll with Dick Clark. Dick made a lot of money off that album and he, he and Neil became friends. So when it came time to try to get kiss on in concert, Neil said, Dick kiss is going to be a big group. Put him on. And he did. Paul Stanley says, Dick is an icon and somebody who I was thrilled and humbled to meet because I grew up watching American bandstand. Dick was gracious enough to put us on in concert, which was huge for us. It was filmed at the Aquarius theater on sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. It was a revolving stage at that point in our career. We were unknown to just about anybody when that stage revolved and people saw us. There were a lot of slack jaws. Then you have Dick Clark right here. When kiss first appeared on in concert, their appearance was unforgettable. I knew at the time we were either going to be making a huge impression upon the audience or participating in a total fiasco. Fortunately, the reaction was positive. The rest is history. Then we have a quote from Neil Zlozor photographer. First time I ever heard of KISS, I was at a TV taping for the show in concert. I was down there shooting whoever else was on the show. A girl came up to me and said, I'm with Bill Coin Management. We have a new band called KISS, and I'm wondering if you'd like to shoot them. So I said to myself sarcastically, oh, KISS, that's cute. They must be an easy listening band like Bread, Mellow Doctor's Office, Dentist Office music. See, I was a hardcore rock and roll guy, and I like bands like Deep Purple. But I thought, what the hell, I'll shoot them. What have I got to lose? Next thing I know, this band comes out with these monstrous boots, the stage clothes, the makeup. I'm watching them and go, oh, my God, is this a fucking joke? There's Gene sticking his tongue out and Paul on his knees playing his guitar. I thought it was ridiculous and felt this band would be laughed out of the music industry in two weeks. Unbeknownst to me, they went on to become one of the biggest bands in rock and roll history. Shows you what I know. Then Gene says, Dick came backstage after we played and we were nobody. He shook each one of our hands and said, hello, Gene. Hello, Paul. Hello, Ace. Hello, Peter. It was shocking that he would take the time to be so gracious. He said, if there's anything I can do for you, please tell me. We're proud to have you on our show. It taught us a big lesson in humility in the rock and roll world. We made sure that we were gracious with any new band that played with us. And we learned that from Dick Clark. Paul then says, I remember the night our appearance aired on TV we are playing the Sunshine in Asbury Park, New Jersey. After the show, we drove back quickly to the motel we were staying at, all huddled in a room to watch in concert. It was amazing to see ourselves on TV for the first time. Pretty cool stuff right there, getting inside the, the minds of Paul and Gene and Dick Clark as well for that iconic performance. So very cool stuff
3: right there. Yeah. Uh, Nothing to Lose is a great book. You guys Oh, my God. It's, a, it's it. amazing. It's amazing. So I'm going to read a little bit here from our buddy Ace Frehley. (laughs) This is from my book, No Regrets. (laughs) Here we go. I won't read in the Ace voice because you guys want to shoot me if I do it. So we taped three songs during a performance on Dick Clark's In Concert, which was one of the few places on network television. Cable was a little more than a blip on the radar at the time. Where a band could be seen and heard. We taped the show in late February, performing Firehouse, Black Diamond, and Nothing to Lose. And it aired at the end of March. Dick was terrific, as smart and gracious as I expected him to be. I'd grown up watching American Bandstand and always thought Dick was not just an astute businessman, but a real music fan as well. He treated us professionally without a hint of condescension or bemusement. In return, we performed live and with our customary fury. This wasn't a small thing. Most bands appeared on television shows in the 70s, opted for the safety of recorded music and lip syncing, not KISS. And then he said the same thing when they went on the midnight special. KISS was a live band, a spectacle. There was no point in faking it. I, I love that, that Ace is saying that. Yep. But half of those words, there's no way Ace wrote that. Oh, hell no. He didn't write that. He didn't <laughs> write that book. No way. There's no way. He's no, way. no way.
1: No way. All right. And then we go to one of the great Kiss reference books that we've talked about many times. This is called Kiss FAQ, not to be confused with anything from Julian Gill uh, and his great books. This is called Kiss FAQ. It's part of the FAQ book series. Um, there's There's tons of these books. Uh, they have him on Black Sabbath, The Beatles, U2, Zeppelin, Neil Young, Pink Floyd. They got them on everybody. Uh, this is written by Dale Sherman. Unbelievable book. And this comes from a section of the book about um, Kiss's important television appearances. So there's a little thing about the uh, in-concert ABC show. The first national television appearance of Kiss. That pretty much says it all. Kiss performed three songs on this program that would later evolve into Don Kirshner's rock concert for which the band would make an appearance in support of the Rock and Roll Over album in 1977. It's clear that they have already fallen into the mixture that would suit them well for the next five-plus years. Gene Simmons' tongue wagging, Paul Stanley jumping around, Ace Freely's unsteady movements combined with concentrated hands on the guitar, the special effects, like Peter Chris shooting drumsticks. With Simmons, Stanley, and Chris all getting equal chances to sing lead, leading to a humorous moment of Chris belting out Black Diamond, while the camera stays focused on Stanley and the assumption that he should be performing such duties. We'll talk about that. What is interesting to note about this appearance, which can be readily found in edited form on the first kissology DVD set is how attentive Simmons and Stanley are to the television camera at such an early stage of their career, focusing on home viewers in a way that was and is rarely seen by musicians in mid performance and usually discouraged by television directors as breaking the quote fourth wall between the action on screen and the viewers at home, which is one reason why the cameras tend to cut away so quickly whenever one of the two looks into them. While they obviously do well with the audience, many seem to be on their feet enjoying the show. It is clear that the band is already conscious of the power of television and wanted to draw in the viewers in a visual manner beyond playing to the audience in front of the stage. So we will, we will talk about some of those details, uh, some of those specific references in that section as well.
2: Yeah.
3: I'm going to jump over uh, to Peter. And Peter only mentions a couple quick things in his book. And he basically confirms thanks to Neil's contacts, we did Dick Clark's in concert TV show and followed it with an appearance on the Mike Douglas show. That's really it. That's all that much Peter gets into it on this. But he does confirm that it was Neil's contact that got them on Dick Clark's show. And that's Absolutely. it for Peter.
1: Uh, And then we go to Gene Simmons' book, uh, Kiss and Make Up. says, Neil loved this, but he realized we needed more exposure. Pretty soon, he got us booked on a show called In Concert, which was hosted by Dick Clark. The other guests that night were Cool and the Gang and Melissa Manchester. That gives you some idea of how eclectic the rock and roll scene was at the time. There may have been bands who, before playing on these TV shows, mingled with the other bands and made friends. We were not one of them. For starters, we were defiantly out of step with the times. The other thing that set us apart, though, was our makeup. We had to apply it ourselves, and it took a few hours. So the ritual of getting ready for the show actually prevented us from having much contact with the other bands. While we were getting ready for the show, Dick Clark came backstage to say hello to us. He shook our hands and wished us luck. To this day, he remains one of the classiest people I ever met in the record business. I can't tell you how gratifying it was to be a young band and have Dick Clark treat us with respect. Paul and I have talked about this occasionally over the years, and it's been kind of a guide for us especially in dealing with you the fan we try never to be rude never to turn away kids looking for autographs being polite backstage though didn't mean that we weren't going to tear the roof off the place when we finally got on stage we played three songs deuce firehouse and black diamond Uh, you didn't play deuce (laughs) Uh, and each one was more powerful than the last The show was absolutely wild. At one point, I went right at the cameraman while breathing fire, and on TV, all you could see is my face approaching, and then the ceiling because the cameraman jumped off his platform and ran. We didn't see the show until two months later. By that time, we were back on tour in Asbury Park, New Jersey. After the show, we'd gone back to the motel to change before heading out for the night. Someone turned on the TV set, and there we were on national TV. Wow. Pretty awesome.
3: And finally, we're just going to leave with Paul's. A few nights later, we drove down to the Aquarius Theater, also on on Sunset, to make our first ever TV appearance. Dick Clark had expanded beyond American bands and had a show called In Concert that featured three different bands playing a few songs live on each episode. The format suited us, just doing what we did. And it felt like another milestone, a network television show hosted by Dick Clark, no less. Dick came to our dressing room when we arrived to get ready for the performance. I learned over time that a lot of people in similar positions weren't nearly as cordial as he was. Bill Graham, for instance, a highly respected promoter who ran the Fillmore and Winterland, was anything but nice to us when we first met him a few months later. But Dick was special. And when I shook his hand, all I could think was, that's Dick fucking Clark. For all those years, he had been an inspiration to me as a kid. He had seemed as fantastical as Superman. But no, Dick Clark really existed. We were set up on a revolving stage and a band called Redbone played before us. Then the stage turned around and the dim lighting suddenly became bright stage lighting. There we were in front of the cameras, but we were a machine by that point, and we played ferociously wherever we were. We felt good about the performance. We didn't see until six weeks later when we hurried back to a motel after a concert in Ashbury Park, New Jersey, to watch the broadcast on a crappy TV. And that's Paul. So we just read from you from the four members and a couple other books about it. Yep, before we get and dissect the actual concert, what do you think of the comments?
1: I think you can you can tell from the from the comments from the actual band members themselves and then just from some of the other books that you, you could tell that even to this day at the time of the publication of those books, just they don't they don't forget where they came from. They remember the impact of that. And I think what's even more important is they remember who did it for them, that it was Neil, that it was Dick Clark and that they're to this day, they're still gracious and appreciative of that because they, they know without that, who knows what could have happened And the stunning thing about that is that their debut album was released three days before they performed that yep. the, in, the information that we have, I don't know if the release police are going to come and get us, <laughs> but their debut album was released on February 18th. This performance was recorded on February 21st. Yeah. So. It's just it's a stunning turn of events and, and again the the Bill of Coin Neil Bogart machine was just amazing for them.
3: Yeah. The one thing I like to say about this specifically is it feels really good because I grew up with Dick Clark too. I didn't grow up in the sixties and fifties with American Bandstand, but I grew up with Dick Clark. Yeah, oh yeah. Five thousand dollar pyramid, the yep. blooper shows, the New Year's Eve. Like he's a legend and to hear this and I've never heard anything but these things about Dick Clark is so nice that what a nice person he was. He was dealing with rock and roll people. He could have been condescending. He could have been a square. He could have been a jerk. He was as nice as could be with these guys and as friendly. And you always hear these kind comments about him. It's really great to hear that, like the image of Dick Clark and all that is like really true and yeah. that he was really one of the good guys in rock and roll.
1: Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. And it's, it's it, like I said, it's nice to see that. And I, and I love that in that nothing to lose book. They actually got a quote from Dick Clark to even talk about it, which I think adds a little bit of impact to the history of the story, too.
3: And he, and he, yeah, and he's basically saying, yeah, it could have been a fucking disaster. Yep. Who knows how it was? But he put them on. He put them on. And one thing I mentioned to you was like, I'm hearing Red Bones, then I'm hearing Cool in the Gang. And you had a point that you wanted to bring up. you like, they may have taped the night with these bands, but when they do the performance, they might splice them up differently. Right. In a right. different band shows in the episode. Yep. So I'm not sure what it was at the time, but because there's some. This contradiction of what bands played Then and before yep. The only other thing I wanted to kind of bring up Is like Reading this stuff You can kind of put yourself There with the band You feel that there they are The, the Gene in his Hollywood mansion Trying to sell his house for 25 million Paul with his fucking 20 band orchestral thing Putting out this app But they were still the same kids Broke as can be Fucking shitty hotel room On a shitty TV Turning it on To see themselves first time on TV It is the quintessential Like rock and roll person's Story like the first time they heard Themselves on radio the first time they saw Themselves on TV you feel like Reading these quotes that you're in there With them right from the beginning holy shit We're on TV Our band our kiss like They were there they filmed it and like you think, oh, if they're on TV, they're big stars, but they're in some crappy motel room watching this stuff.
1: Which is exactly why we wanted to read those quotes. And and we, we talked about this. Rather than talk about the quotes, we wanted to read them to you so that you could hear the exact words and the, and the impact, like you said. Like they were like, We just finished a concert in New Jersey. We had to run back to the hotel and see us. Like the excitement that they had as they're reminiscing and remembering the impact of that performance. Cause it, it was, it was huge. It was huge. And I love that they appreciate that and they don't take it for granted. And they still sound in awe of what it was and what it did for them.
3: Yeah. Although Peter didn't mention much in his story, in his book, he does bring up and you know, it's done because of the appreciation that yep. it was Neil that got him that. Yes. deal To put them on TV. Yep. And the other three did mention, How nice and kind Out of their way Even Ace Puts it how nice uh, Dick Clark was and friendly And generous and what a respectful And he's Dick Clark and he lived up to that Reputation Gene, Paul Ace they all said it and that's So heartwarming I love Hearing that stuff me too Um, Me too I do find it funny That Gene quotes the wrong songs In his book Oh my god! I'm like, this was so impactful. I can't remember the songs we did, <laughs> which always gets me to think like, how many other things did he get wrong in his book? Because I've oh. heard all the stuff that he put in his book that is like, yes. If he- when we put Shandy on Creatures of the Night, a lot of people said it wouldn't work. <laughs> uh, if <laughs> that- he missed, first of all, that's his book. Like, dude, you don't have an editor, like a <laughs> proofreader.
1: Like, you fucked up a song
3: title there. <laughs> that's all right. Oh, no. So- I Let's talk about the performances So we just played them Okay, earlier And the first track Nothing to lose, Paul opens up Hey world, we're Kiss I love that And we want want everybody here to come along With us, you've got nothing To lose
1: I love that, that just for, For a band that's unknown Nobody knows who they are, they have no following They have no audience, to just Take over the like hey world where kiss like
3: first that time. that is balls right there. Like first that, time on TV, right? Exactly. Introducing themselves. And yep. I like that they're they're in the book. They said that you know they did not have time to mingle with anybody else. They're doing their own shit. they probably get yep. laughed at. This is 74. Yeah. What the fuck is this band? What the fuck are these idiots doing? This is gonna be a laughing stock. Yeah, and they do this and they come out with balls and they open like that. When you see that concert footage, they open up with nothing to lose. Does that look like a band like, oh, shit, are people going to laugh at us. It looks like a band that doesn't give a fuck. They think they're still playing Madison Square Garden with confidence, bravado, with balls. Maybe it's just
1: me because I'm a Gene fan. Gene looked like he had been doing that for fucking 10 years. Just he had that menacing stomp with the boots. The way he was looking at the camera, the way he was singing, the way he was interacting with, G- with Paul and Ace. I mean, they all, they, all looked, they all looked like they had been doing this. It, it, it's stunning that it was their first appearance. I mean, yeah, we play the audio of this, but I know you guys are listening to this episode. You're going to go onto YouTube. You're going to watch the full clip, and you have to.
3: Yeah. You see the iconic image of the rainbow. I will oh, say this. I, I love that. That's great. Actual footage of this is not very clean. Not at all. On YouTube. You, no. It's kind of blurry. The lighting on this is not that great. Yep. Uh the band sounds awesome. Gene does his shoulder hunch thing on nothing to lose in the beginning oh, yeah. of the song. Yep. His right? He's still yep. doing that. Peter's wailing. Oh my god. The drums on there, the drumming, the vocals fucking going nuts. But you notice though, I said, take a look at it, listen again. They skipped the verse, half of the verse yep. on nothing to lose. Yep. Maybe it was a time thing, they cut it down, but they skipped the verse there on nothing to lose. Could have um, been. The camera I didn't think was focused on one person particular, but the first shot, the audience in the world. I know there's there's the controversy with the hey, who came up with the horns thing? Yeah. Oh, it was geezer butler. No, it was Dio. No, it was I did. If you look at the love gun Regardless The first image of the tongue That everyone now knows Rock guys and things put out the tongue That's it It got introduced to the world There's a close up of Gene He puts his head back and in the air He's not doing the typical Looking at the camera and stick his 10 down He did the typical If you know the earlier footage of Kiss Where he puts his head up in the air and his neck back and in the sky sticks his tongue out yep All right, that was the first image of gene and the tongue for the world to see i thought yep. um, peter's wailing it just looks badass the way they're dressed the way they're wailing it looks like original rock and roll dangerous badass the solo ace is ripping uh, you can tell like the the, the the band musically is still fucking ripping right now. That sounds like alive. Yep. You would never or Winterland. They sound awesome playing that. Yep. The guitar is right on point. The vocals are on point. the The backing tr- uh, vocals by the band is on point. They're singing awesome. They're playing a li- lot. Peter is like, I wish he could keep that. Obviously, we know his performance drops, but he's fucking a badass on the drums. The vocals. I mean, like that's the first song. I was blown away.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's unbelievable. I, I we've already said it. It's amazing that this is their first like appearance in, in front of the world and, and they, they are just they're just nailing it. The the solos, the the, pers- the the interaction amongst themselves, the way they're doing like that 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 unified kicking with the you know in, in, in with the in conjunction with the with the music, Peter just losing his mind drum wise and vocal wise, just
3: amazing, amazing. It- The other thing I wanted to add is, like, Ace doesn't look like fuck-up Ace at this point. Ace looks like young, hungry Ace. Like, he's on point. Like, I'm not worried about him fucking up. He's fucking crisp and awesome. Looks fantastic. So, after nothing to lose, Tom, they rip right into... And Paul actually says it, Firehouse.
1: I love it. Why? Yep.
3: Like, but like, why? Right. The audience doesn't know this, or are you telling the band, "Hey, we're gonna do Firehouse"? Right, but he, right. But he says it out loud, and then they rip into it. I love the opening couple lines of the verses. She'll adore you, and they stop. Yep. And they're doing this, the 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 quick bounce movement. Both Paul and Gene, if yep. you notice, like the shake as after the stop. And the the tilt and the music stops and they do it on the early voices. So fucking tight.
1: Yeah. The, the, the the stage presence again, the
3: moves, the choreography, just amazing. It's just amazing. So just like nothing to lose, they're fucking tight as hell. Yeah. Playing just like you would hear on live, just like you just, you're going to hear them a little bit later on, you know, when they do the Mike Douglas show, the harmonies on the bridge, between oh. Gene and Paul is so fucking. I get goosebumps when I see early Kiss doing the harmonies of Firehouse. I get goosebumps. Ace's solo is so tight, and Gene is doing the get fight, the grasshopper legs. I love you know, it. the fucking yep. like you yep. know the early Gene choreography the Firehouse where he's doing yep. the fucking legs up and oh, down yeah. the grasshopper legs. I it like yeah. the to thing. Towards the end of the song, all right, the camera. Pans in on Gene it finds Gene At one point in this song This is what you were talking About earlier Tom when you're like Gene is so fucking Ballsy and confident More so than anybody else Looks right at the camera As though he's like looking right At you America The fans And he has no fucking problem And he lifts his head up Laughing and smiling like that sinister look and his tongue's out and he's just yep. like, like, it's so ahead of his time. It's so ballsy. It's so like, like I can imagine other people being like, I'm so embarrassed for this man. What is this fucking guy? He doesn't give a fuck. He, and like in his mind, he already thinks Kiss is going to be this, this world dominating band. Mm-hmm. And he pulls that shit out. That's so ballsy and badass. More so than any other fucking Artists out there in the time, This is the kind of shit That every time I get annoyed with Fucking pandemic Paul yep. Or Come buy my Fat inducing soda <laughs> You too can get type 2 Just try my new Triple dose cane Sugar root beer Like every time they pull that I, I watch a video like this And I'm like This is why they're my favorite band. This is it. This is why I can get into it. They are so fucking ahead of their time. And then you wanted to talk about the end part here, Tom.
1: Yeah, the end is it's it. This is when the camera effects and the the lack of HD kind of come into effect because because they get the you get the siren going. And, uh, you know, then you have like the camera effects of, you know, with the siren and the smoke and then Gene kind of superimpose over here. And then they kind of get to him breathing the fire and they kind of do like a little stutter thing where it kind of does. It it looks like he's breathing it multiple times with it, with the effect. Look, it's 1974. It's the best that they could do. But again, you're breathing fire. You're on TV for the first time in your in your doing
3: your fire breathing stun ballsy. So
1: it's it's like we're here,
3: dude. They had to have told the producers, and in the, in the middle of this, I'm gonna the guy that's dressed like the lizard guy, the dragon guy, the yep. devil guy. He's gonna come out and he's gonna spit on fire. Yep. And you know, you know, us in the makeup in the fucking eight inch fucking platform the people the producer these fucking we just had cool and we hang on exactly. must have been like. What What the fuck is he doing? What are these fools going to do? He's going to breathe fire out of his ass. Yes. Large pieces of furniture from his ass. From his ass. <laughs> um, exactly. So they're filming this. And you're right, Tom. The graphics... They, you know they thought they were like so ahead of their time It does like the flashback Choo 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 It's like oh my god it, it, yep. It's so cheesy 70s slow mo repeat Of the fucking wild. yeah. But they do show some crowd people And the they crowd do. is getting up And like there are yep. people standing up And like, like what the fuck are we watching
1: So before we get to the next Song that they did it, I caught this and this is how my mind works And if you haven't noticed it play it back you'll notice it at the very end of firehouse when the song ends the way that paul says thank you i swear to god it sounds like the jerky boys it was completely he goes
3: thank you (laughs) play it play it back he's like thank you (laughs) i know because i wrote it down too oh yeah
1: like Yeah, for some reason They're like, they're, they're going
3: Yeah, Firehouse, thank you <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rosenberg You need to make an appointment well, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> Thank you you. you 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 Do you have a record card? Do
1: you, do you have, uh, need your number on your record card?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, he's a
3: jerky voice Thank you <laughs> but Then they go over to Black Diamond that's when I like you know I've been watching the videos all of a sudden I noticed the candles yes, right I didn't notice them before yep but the candelabras and the yep. candles are out right yep and by this point they're fucking dominating. I can only imagine yep. the other artists that were performing that I think it you feel like after you by the time they get to Black Diamond you're to a fucking real concert. Yes. That's a fucking like a closing track. Like, holy shit, this band just rocked us. Yep. They're dominating, dominating by this point. Imagine trying to follow them. No. Hi, uh... <laughs> Hi, we're Kansas! <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yes, it's is night. night. Oh, what a night. What a, oh, I, I know what that what song wasn't night. out in 1974, oh, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a night. <laughs> Sophisticated mama. Misled,
3: <laughs> dude, I love cool in the gang. <laughs> Mis- misled is the best. We gotta do that album, misled. Oh, yeah, maybe
1: we'll throw, a- maybe we'll break the wall and do a cool in the gang. I'm gonna do emergency so I can talk about
3: fresh. <laughs> She's fresh as <is> a fresh. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, <laughs> they are the safest black artist for white people. Cool, cool in the gang. Here's the safest. That is what people are like. Oh, I listen to soul music. I think they would be like, "Don't you agree?" Like eighties, like white people would probably be like. I listen to cool in the gang. Like those are the same people
2: saying,
3: "I'm not racist. I listen to bands like Cool in the Gang and George Benson."
2: What the fuck? And I just remember
3: getting a George Benson album In my (laughs) Columbia house When records used to be sent to my house Like who the fuck is this guy I thought you were saying I watch Benson (laughs) George Benson Safe guys Oh Oh, my god Anyways We can have a whole conversation about Safe artists (laughs) Oh god Anyways Um
2: <laughs>
3: oh, what a night <laughs> cool. uh, I'm misled Baby, baby Watch your claim to fame Oh my god, I love that song with, oh, Jesus gosh. Christ On that video, watch the video uh, oh. oh my god, that video it, It's its own episode oh, yeah. Alright, All right, let's get back on track We're talking about Kiss's Black Diamond <laughs> We get into in cool the game. <laughs> yeah, and Benson. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Peter's wailing, his screaming is like I want to make a point on this. He's going, he like he's out of control. Peter's wailing and screaming. I fucking love it. So to me, that's the kind of shit that he gets the criticism from Paul. He can't carry a tune. He doesn't know the 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 tone in his voice. He can't pick up the pitch or like things like that. Like. Dude, I fucking love that. That's the kind of vocal, vocals I, I'll listen to. That's why I'll listen to fucking Kurt Cobain. And when like he's screaming madness, when he's screaming madness in oh Black God. Diamond, all I can think of is like, an albino, my libido. Oh, yeah. And just that yep. fucking, no one's listening to Kurt Cobain screaming those lines and thinking, oh, that's a fucking beautiful voice. You're thinking that's fucking someone's passion and vocals. and You're fucking getting into it. You're loving that shit. I I can. That's why I listen to Lounge Jack and songs like that where he sings it and then he fucking screams it. Peter is that at this point. Fucking screaming those lyrics on Black Diamond. Doing another job that you'd be like, oh, this was on Alive. Oh, this was on fucking Winterland. They're just so musically on point. Hot as hell. Fucking dynamic, just groundbreaking. I can't. The adjectives are fan, like this is my band. This is it.
1: All my notes on this right here are just around Peter's vocals. Yep. Just, just absolutely crushing it. Goosebumps. Some people might say, yeah, over the top a little bit too much, but that this kind of song, that's what you want, man.
3: It's rock and roll, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's that's rock just, and roll. Yeah, it's a it rock is. band. Yep, exactly. Yep. And the and, fireworks it, going off, and you listen, to you like. Holy shit I feel I like just got fucking rocked and it was and it was great too because at the end the, the that big
1: overhead rainbow light is is off they turn it off and when they do when they do that long little outro Ding. and the, the TV camera they kind of have like the the fireworks kind of superimposed and if you look closely it's kind of hard to tell but I think it is Peter's exploding firework drumsticks
3: yeah now the funny thing is the 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 concert ends and the lights are off in the front, but the lights are on in the back, and the Peter is up there like this. Yes. Oh, the band-aid. Paul ain't like that.
1: Yep, Peter I know. must
3: be like, I'm a fucking star. Like, Peter must be like, yeah, I'm one of the stars of this band. At yep. This point. So yep. I look at it as like, that fucking drummer is a madman back there screaming. Then I'm like, the lead singer writes a lot of the song. He's got the star. He's up there fucking... Pouting and fla- flaunting to the Girls on the stage the other guys Acting crazy over there The demon guys and fuck I can't Keep my eyes off him and then that guitar Guy is ripping it that's like Four guys at their prime Every one of them is bringing something To that band at yep. this point yep. That's what I love about it The songwriters the Peter's vocals And the ace guitar playing this Is perfect this is kiss like Oh
1: my yep. god yeah, it's amazing <clears throat> and i love that they did black diamond to begin with that that makes it even better so
3: which is insane how they always promoting black diamond yet it doesn't end up on compilations as much i don't and get we it do all our
0: compilations right no
3: i know yeah and and firehouse if you think about firehouse in the beginning and now yep. they don't even play it yep well, think about it they don't play any of these and nothing to lose These are the same three that are on the same album that they play the other songs on Cold Gin, Deuce, 100,000 Years. Those songs get played. Well, Black Diamond does, obviously, but. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But Firehouse and Nothing to Lose, gone. Yep. And even Strutter, gone. Yep. But in comes, you know, Cold Gin and Deuce play. Not that anything's wrong with Deuce, but I'm just saying. Right. It's just. Final thoughts on this, Tom? I just love, I just. It,
1: like you said, it's 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 when you watch clips like this, it's like this is why this band is my favorite. The 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 energy, the passion, the 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 momentous occasion of their first TV appearance, and how they just took it by the frigging balls, and just said, "This is it. We we got one shot. What's that old saying? You got one chance to make a first impression." And it was just fantastic. I just I loved it. Loved it.
3: Yeah, I I <clears throat> can say. Tom, I, I think I've I've given enough superlatives. I've people can hear how much I've just raved about this performances and how great it is. Uh, I, I, it just it re. It, it, this is the kind of stuff that reinvigorates you. That gets you back into Kiss. Yeah. Once you start digging to more stuff and going down that rabbit hole to look at it, old footage and things like that, I love doing these type of episodes. I love digging up stuff from TV performances and breaking it down like this. I think uh, the listeners like seeing this stuff and hearing this stuff. And uh, I can't wait to do the next one. This one was a lot of fun to do. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Amazing. Love it. Well, it doesn't end there, guys, because we've done other TV appearances. Mm -hmm. We've done the Mike Douglas show, the Paul Lind Halloween special. Land of Hype and Glory, and MTV Kiss Unmasking. We've ranked them. Tom, you ranked Land of Hype and Glory as number one. Mike Douglas Show, number two. Paul Lynn Halloween Special, number three. And number four was MTV Kiss Unmasking. Where does ABC in Concert rank? Number one yeah yep
1: I mean, I love the hype and glory thing because it's my favorite era of the band it's got It's got the love gun tour stuff this is this is three songs, and that's it. There's no talking, there's no interview. there's nothing. It's three songs in and out. punch to the gut. We're out of here. I love it.
3: number one, I find this hard. I'm not sure where I'm going with this, okay. You've heard me go on and on about how great it is. I love the version of song. The audio is a little uh, yeah. okay. Yeah. The footage is a little shady. That's the difference. I'm putting this at number three. After all that raving about how much you love this, you put in this third. Yeah. Wow. Because. Although that footage is that is great I can find other footage I can watch Winterland and go off on that too Oh hell yeah I can listen to a live and go off on that too Yep It's very common how great they were It's just a live performance Yep And the fucking footage isn't that good So number one for me is Mike Douglas Then Paul Lind and MTV Unmasking is three And Land of Hype and Glory was last I am putting this at number three the Mike Douglas show, because I think them playing Firehouse in that bright set, yeah, Sirens and the Smoke and Gene, yeah. and then that fucking comedy bit and Gene coming out. yep. I think it's legendary. I don't know what's going to beat it. And then the Paul Lind Halloween special. Oh, yeah. Just uh it's my era as a kid. It yep. was uh, Paul Lind was campy and and silly and kind of ridiculous And it's kind of hokey but funny Yep You know, Carol Brady shaking her fat ass and <laughs> Yep And and them playing, you know The Beth kind of part King of the Nighttime World I I just I just love that Yeah This is incredible That's how high I have all this stuff Kiss Unmasking, you know, we talked about that In, in yeah. the Land of Hype and Glory I wasn't a fan of it at all Which is shocking, but that's okay something called hype this this is ted koppel and you're listening to kiss (laughs) last week buckwheat was shot i repeat buckwheat has been shot
1: oh my god that guy was such an asshole during that interview
3: oh my god yeah so yeah i have uh at number three okay fantastic show fantastic fucking episode yep. discussion i loved it yep tom absolutely what we do next is this hi
0: this is that Spansberg of dot com, and for all your shouted out loudcast gear and merchandise please visit dot shop.com at Click T-Shop, you can find lots of KISS-inspired T-shirt designs, plus mugs, hats, hoodies, pillows, and all new fine art
3: selections. And now, here's your question of the week.
1: All right. So our question of the week, I'm going to go back to Lee's email because he had a question. We've had something similar to this, but he, he, I, I like the phrasing that he has here. He says, do you think if Eric Carr was alive today that they would have brought back the Fox? Not only would this have been a nice lineup change after the reunion, but they could have continued to market the Fox and made more money in revenue as Eric has a large
3: and loyal fan base.
2: Mm,
3: I don't know. I think they may have brought back the Fox, but... The way I think about it, like I hate to say this, but a little bit of Eric's fan base is the fact that he passed away. Yep. And we're left with that. Eric was kind of quiet. He wasn't in the media. Like we all know how generous and kind he was to his fans because it came out after the fact. And when he was kind and generous to the fans, it's for those individual fans that spoke to him. There was no social media or publicity people going out there, oh, Eric Carr's the nicest person. He may have been, and he probably was. But the fact is that, you know, they could have said that about Paul Stanley back then. They didn't. But you wouldn't have known, really, you know, because they're not, it's not in fan magazines where it's like, oh, fans are saying Paul's the nicest guy or Eric Carr's the nicest guy. People were finding that out on themselves. And now, years later, everyone on social media is acknowledging and telling about, and you hear about Eric's kindness and stuff. So, although he is such a uh, you know, fan favorite, I think he is helped out with the fact that he passed away. <sighs> would they go back to it? I don't know if Kiss would do a <sighs> – again, I go back to would they ever go to the Fox and then, hey, why fuck with – if Ace leaves, why don't you put on the Vinny makeup? Maybe, but then they're promoting six ma- things, and then they do images where they can sell six things instead of four? Hey, you're selling two more face paints, two more fucking pint glasses of images. I don't know. I I don't, I don't have an answer. Chances are if Eric was alive and they went back to the Fox after Peter. Yeah, they probably could have, but I I don't know if they would.
1: Yeah. You actually, that was going to be my original thought right at the beginning. And again, with all due respect to Eric's family and the memory of Eric, I think a lot of that love and, fan base and adoration is because he was lost at such a young age so people they they champion his memory they keep his memory alive by celebrating his music you know posting pictures and articles and sharing stories about him and and unfortunately a lot of that stuff only comes out once the person passes and i'm not taking anything away from him as a human being or as him as a drummer and when mm-hmm. he can kiss and him as the fox i just don't know if if he was still alive if the impact of that would still be there today presently um that being said i don't think anything was ever going to stop them from having the original four makeup the cat man they they know that that's where their bones were made with those original albums back in the 70s um it's a great question and i think a lot of people would have loved to have seen that but i just don't think that it would have ever happened But Lee awesome question and of course that was part of your awesome email so thank you very much lee much appreciate absolutely
3: thank you yep. lee tom
1: where can people find us so uh as you heard at the beginning of the show our email shout it out loudcast at gmail.com shout it out loudcast at gmail.com send us the emails we tr- we, we we love getting them we try to read them on the air and when it comes to the emails um you know, we, we understand that people listen to the podcast at your own leisure there. You kind of, some people get backed up and you can't watch them. We really try to keep our emails like with the, with the current topic. So if you have episode feedback, so if you have feedback on this episode, we record on Wednesday nights. And again, we're not trying to pressure you guys into it, but we do want to read your emails on the air, try to get them in by Wednesday. So that if anybody has anything to say about ABCs and concert, it can be part of the recording for the next week. That being said. We love the emails, and we will read them. Even if we don't read them on the air, we get them, and we love them. So thank you for that. Of course, we're can be we on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Very interactive on all those, as you can see. Um, right now on Twitter, that Kiss Album Madness Tournament is going on. Uh, if you're not following us on Twitter, get on there. Start voting in those polls because we're coming close to the championship. Uh, and we have our Loudcasters Facebook page, which is awesome. Uh, we're almost up to 2,000 members on that, which is amazing. So thank you for that. And uh, it's a great place for KISS fans of all eras to uh, share pictures, stories, whatever you want. So jump in on there with us. And again, part of the great Pantheon podcast family of podcasts. So check us out there. And we're on all the big platforms, Apple, Spotify, et cetera. We're there.
3: Yeah, and remember to send us DMs if you want to talk to us. And uh, you can DM us on Facebook, Instagram, and also on Twitter. And you can also, and I I think I mentioned it last week specifically, and it did actually add a big jump in the numbers. Please subscribe to us on our YouTube YouTube channel. We appreciate when you do that. And if you can subscribe to us there, we'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, Remember, the email is always the best way to get a hold of us. We love reading your emails. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. And also, remember to give a shout out to our Patreon subscribers. And to please, if you're interested in Patreon, please look us up. Find us on the app, the episode notes, or at patreon.com. And please, the last thing I want to leave you with is, if you can, give us one of those five star child reviews on iTunes. We appreciate that. It helps us move up in the rankings and get us to a bigger audience. And we can do bigger and better things for you, the fans. So, Tom, we usually end these episodes with famous last words. What do we got there?
1: So now I've got a baby, and we tried every way. You know, she wants to do it, and she does anyway. Ooh.
3: God damn. <laughs> God damn. All right, Tommy. And you'll need her, so you'll feed her. With your endless dedication. And the quicker you get sicker, she'll remove your medication. Oh, she's just mean. Not a very nice person. No. Tom, thank you. Loudcasters, Kiss Army, thank you. Zeus, thank you as always, my partner and friend. Uh
1: everybody out there, thank you so much, especially for that great feedback on Soul Station. Uh, And feedback in general Let us know what you think of this concert And uh, again, thank you for all the support As always Peace out, Girl Scout